You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Bayshore Millsboro. Great time of worship this morning. What a great group we got today. A lot of all these people today. Fenwick Allen was full. So glad to see you guys here this morning. And uh, great to see you. Hope your new year's going great. And uh, how about some uh, warm weather? Anybody ready for some warm weather? Just a little bit. Good night. It's so cold. I watched that uh, game last night, uh, Kansas City against the frozen Miami Dolphins, you know. It's like, wow. I'm like, I was wearing a coat in the living room. It was just like so cold, seven below. So um, anyhow, just so glad you're here. Uh, We're uh, in a series called Reset. We're starting the new year talking about how to get the new year started right and resetting your year. And uh, we've been looking at the book of Micah, a little Old Testament book. Uh, I fell in love with with this book when I was doing the Christmas series, and I read Micah over and over again and just wanted to pull some things out of this book. I wish I could just go verse by verse, but that's not the nature of what we do on Sunday morning all the time. But uh, this is a a really cool book and uh, has some really wonderful things to say to us about uh, how to start our new year. Last week we talked about this year, you know, uh, Micah said at the end of his book, uh, I've shown you, old man, what is good, what the Lord requires of you, to love justice, to love mercy, and to walk calmly with your God. How you treat people this year. We talked about that last week. This year's a year to treat people with dignity, uh, to treat people kindly, uh, and, to, and to watch your tone and how you relate to people in your family, people you work with. And today we want to look at the first chapter and we're going to pull out like a little idea out of the first chapter. Not a lot of a wide content today, one big idea. And it's found in Micah chapter 1 verse 9. Uh, and uh, it says, for Samaria's plague is incurable. It has spread to Judah. It has reached the very gate of my people, even to Jerusalem itself. And then there's a, the net translation, the new English translation, a really good little translation. says, for Samaria's, Samaria's disease is incurable. It has infected Judah. It has spread to the leadership of my people and even contaminated Jerusalem. So... Um, this little book is about uh, Micah the prophet prophesying to, uh, to the whole nation of Israel. Now, in, when you read the Bible and the Old Testament, one of the things that's fundamentally misunderstood, we get all confused about this, and one of the things we like to help here at Bayshore is help people understand the context a little bit so you can read the Bible for yourself. But uh, there's a big event in the Old Testament in 1 Kings chapter 12 through 14 where the kingdom divided in half. Israel used to be one kingdom, and uh, after Solomon died, he had a kid named Rehoboam, and Rehoboam uh, made some bad decisions, and there was a rival king named Jeroboam. He got Rehoboam and Jeroboam, and Rehoboam and Jeroboam split the kingdom in half. That happened 930 years before Christ uh, came to the earth. So when you hear preachers preach and you listen to the Old Testament expounded upon, sometimes people talk about the northern kingdom and they'll talk about the southern kingdom. Now, Micah was a prophet in the southern kingdom, but he spoke to the northern kingdom as well. So let's just help you to understand this. Just imagine that Delaware had a civil war and Delaware split in half. And so you got Kent County split in half and you got uh, Sussex and Kent 
split, and you got uh, Kent and Newcastle split, and the capital of the top of the state is Wilmington, and the capital of the bottom of the state would be Georgetown. So you got Jerusalem is in the south, and you got uh, Samaria in the north, and so the kingdom is split. And so what's happened is in 930 uh, BC, there was this new king that I just mentioned, Jeroboam, he was worried about his people. He had 10 tribes. He was worried they were going to go down to Jerusalem and worship at the temple, and they would be reunited with King Rehoboam. So what he did was he set up idols, golden calves, in the northern kingdom, and he started a precedent of adult, uh, uh, idolatry where people were beginning to worship these idols. And it carried on for a long, long time. So uh, when you think about the Old Testament, uh, all the northern kings were all bad. None of them were good. Southern kings, some were good, some were bad. And so you've got, you've got the northern kingdom has started this trend, this new fad of worshiping idols. And the southern kingdom has been faithful. And now the northern kingdom is starting to influence the southern kingdom and they are going astray as well. That's what Micah's about. Judgment's coming, all that. And I want to talk to you this morning about influence. Influence. Just the way the northern kingdom influenced the southern kingdom in a negative direction, I want you to think about as you start this new year, who is influencing you? Who is influencing you? Who, is the, who are the people or the peoples that are shaping your worldview, that are shaping your value system, and are shaping the way you live? Because what I know and what you know, we all know this, the people around us will determine our future. Your crowd will determine your character. Your crowd will determine your character. How you are living is a byproduct of the people that you hang around with. So that's an important thing. There are some great quotes that I'll give now. Uh, Craig Rochelle, the great Craig Rochelle, you know, if you know anything about church world, Craig Rochelle's a big name. He's got TV, uh, church, a uh, big thing in the South. And Craig Rochelle says this wisely. He has a great uh, leadership podcast, by the way. Craig Rochelle says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. The people you're hanging around with today are shaping the person you will be tomorrow. And John Maxwell echoes that. John Maxwell says, you're only as good as the people you have around you. And then Benjamin Franklin says, he who lies down with dogs shall rise up with fleas. So all of us are shaped by the people that are around us. And so as you think about your new year, you want to think about taking an inventory and seeing if you've got the right people in your life helping you to become what you want to become. And if you are becoming the person that you want to become, it's because you have the people in your world, in your sphere, in your intimate circle that are influencing you in a positive direction. If you've got good people around you, you're going to become good. If you've got godly people around you, you're going to become more godly. 
If you've got people around you that have a positive attitude toward other people, you will have a positive attitude toward other people. Sometimes we have to eliminate toxic people in our life. Doesn't mean we hate them. Doesn't mean that we despise them. It just simply means that we've got to make sure that we have the right people around us because the right people around us will determine our future and our crowd will determine our character. Here's what uh, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. Paul wrote this great verse in 1 Corinthians, if I can find it here. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says this. 1 Corinthians 15 says this, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. He said, don't be misled. Don't be fooled. Don't be snookered. He said, this is a principle. Bad company corrupts good character. So when you think about that, <clears throat> actually, Paul is not quoting the Old Testament. Paul's not quoting, you know, Jesus. He's actually quoting a, a, a Greek poet by the name of Menander. And Paul was well-read. He read all these people, and he, put, he picked up that quote from that Greek philosopher that bad company corrupts good character. And it's absolutely true. So if you want to be better this year, you've got to get good people around you. You've got to look at your circle. You've got to look at the people you're hanging around with. If you're hanging around people that drink too much and cuss too much, and they don't have the values that you find in Scripture when you come to church, they cannot be your primary intimate circle of influence. You have to have people around you that are moving in the direction that you want to go. Whenever you want to get better at something, find somebody better than you at that and hang around those people. This week I, uh, I play tennis. I'm a competitive tennis player. I love to play tennis. Uh, and uh, we, I know I've got some tennis play, p players in here. Also got some pickleball people in here. How many play pickleball? Raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand if you ever pickleball people. You're, you're afraid to admit that in front of me, aren't you? Because you know I love tennis. But here's what I know about tennis. If I'm going to get better, I have to play better people. I have to have better people that I'm playing and if I, you know, I, I always have some people that are better than me that I'm playing. Not hard to find. I can find, I got to find somebody better than me to play. I started playing this lawyer about a year ago because he was much better than I am. And he beat me every week. But every week when I played with him because he was better, I was getting better. I was getting better. This week, I beat him for the first time. And uh, he's wailing and crying. You can applaud that. All glory to the Lord. He had the flu and he had new glasses. But, <laughs> but I won. And I have gotten better because I am around someone that's better than me. And when you want to get more godly, you want to become a person of prayer. You want to get around people that know how to pray. When you want to know the Bible better, 
and you're tired of like not knowing what's going on when the pastor's preaching, you got to be around some people that know the word. When I uh, went to high school, I was not a good student in high school. Uh, I wasn't good at academics. I was more interested in girls and football than I was in academics. And I was not a good student. And after I got out of high school, the Lord called me into ministry, and so I had to get education. And I remember going to Bible college, and I met this guy that was in the Bible college that I knew was from Delaware, barely knew him, a guy named Carl Vincent. Carl Vincent was married to this wonderful wife, and they were godly people, and they saw Karen and I, and they invited us over to their house on a regular basis to feed us food. They did that because they wanted to mentor us, and they could tell we were hungry. <laughs> and when I got around this man, you know, at that time, all I was reading was the back of cereal boxes. I wasn't reading. I wasn't a reader. And this guy was an incredible reader. He had books. His room, his office was filled with books, and there was books on the coffee table, and there was books on the end table, and he always had a couple books open by the chair he sat in. And I'd sit next to him, and I would talk to him, and he was so much more wise than I was in Scripture. He would talk to me about Ezekiel, what Ezekiel meant. I didn't know what Ezekiel meant. He talked to me about the, the Sermon on the Mount, and he was constantly reading and you know what? I started buying books. I started reading. And over three years of being around him, my whole way of living changed because I became a learner because I was around a learner. You always become like the people you hang around. And you've got to look at your life this year. Am I Am I surrounding myself with people that are moving in the direction that I need to go? Am I surrounding myself with people that fervently love Jesus, people that are passionate about the Lord, people that want to be close to Jesus, people that are reading the Bible, people that are praying? And if you got a bad marriage, you know what happens when people have a bad marriage? A bunch of couples get together that all have bad marriages and they hang around each other and they complain about their spouses. I'm going to tell you that if you want to get a good marriage, you look at somebody that's got a good marriage. You look at somebody that loves his wife and you look at a man that, that's careful to take care of his wife and protect his wife. You look at a woman that is strong and yet uh, able to, to be integrated with her husband. You look at a good marriage and you get around those people. Because when you are around people, you become like those people. And that's what has happened in the book of Micah. The negative influence, the association of the northern kingdom with the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom has compromised the southern kingdom because they have shaped the southern kingdom under its influence. So as you think about your life this year, you say, Lord, am I around the right people? Do I have the right circle of people around me? And you want to think about that. When I used to run uh, 5Ks. I 
save my knees for tennis now, but I used to run, jog, love it, a wonderful uh, sport to have. But I would train for a 5K and I would, you know, try to get faster and faster as I was training. And I would say, okay, I'm going to run really fast between these two telephone poles and sprint out. And then I'll slow down and keep my pace up and try to get my time down on every mile. And what I discovered is every time I trained, I always ran faster in the race than I ever ran when I was training. I thought, what's that about? Well, when I was training, I was pushing myself. But when you're in a race and there's hundreds of people around you that are running and they've been training as well, their pace picks up your pace. It's that lady with a walker behind you that you're trying to beat, you know, and you don't want to get caught behind her. But the people around you accelerate your capacity. I... Uh, I heard once that if you take a six-inch shark, little baby shark, you take a six-inch shark and you put that little six-inch shark in a 20-gallon aquarium, that that six-inch shark will stay six inches. But if you take that six-inch shark and you release that six-inch shark into the Atlantic Ocean, that same six-inch shark will grow to be 10 feet long and will weigh thousands of pounds. The environment is what unlocks the capacity in the shark. And I want you to say this with me. My environment is the key to how I grow. One more time. My environment is the key to how I grow. That's an important principle. And uh, you say, well, Pastor Danny, how do I balance my relationship with people that don't know Jesus and this circle that you're talking about that will accelerate my capacity to grow this year? How do I balance that? You know, I have a lot of friends that aren't Christians and some of you too as well. You've got some people you work with that are just good, good people. And you have a good relationship with them. I have some really good friends that are not Christians. And it's my purpose in life to make friends with people that aren't Christians. But my intimate circle, I have an intimate circle of people. People that are more spiritual than I am. I got one guy that he's better at praying than I am. And he's one of my best friends. He prays better than I am. He likes to fast and seek the Lord. I'm not really great on the fasting part. And I'm around him. And it inspires me to become more. I got some people that, you know, they're better at sharing their faith than I am. I've got some people that are close to me that are better than I am in certain areas. And when I'm around them, it makes me better. It makes me move forward. I'm more convicted of certain things when I'm around them because they're living godly lives. So that circle is what keeps me safe. But I've also got this other circle, circle of people that don't know the Lord, and I relate to them. And because I have this circle that helps me to grow and keeps me strong, keeps me full of integrity. I have the strength and the capacity to relate to people that don't know Jesus without being pulled into their world. 
They say that if, you, uh, if you're with somebody and they fall through the ice, if uh, you got a person that you're with and they get on some thin ice and they fall through the ice, that what you don't do is you don't go over to them by yourself and try to lean over the thin ice and pull them out because what's going to happen if you do that? They're going to pull you into the ice. But what you do is you make a human chain. How many have ever heard about the human chain? You make a human chain. And because you're connected to other people, you're safe so you can reach in to that icy water and rescue them. And when I'm having my friendships with my unsaved friends and they're telling their dirty jokes and they're saying the stuff that they say and they're talking about the values of this world. Hey, listen, my values are not the values of this world. The Bible says in the book of Romans, be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. Think about the Egyptians making mud in the ancient world or making bricks in the ancient world, they would take wet mud, put straw in it, and they would have a, 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 a wooden form and they would shove that mud into the form with the straw and let it dry and it would become a brick. We, when you go to school and when you watch movies and you watch your Netflix series, which I watch all that stuff, I'm very much in tune with this world. When I watch that, I'm watching the pattern of this world, and I'm supposed to be not conformed to the pattern of this world. How many know we're supposed to look and live differently than everybody around us? Can you say a big rousing amen right now? We're supposed to be different. So I've got these people in my life that are helping me to run faster for Jesus. They're helping me to grow in my faith. I have right influences in my life. And this year, you know, God's saying to some people here this morning, you got some toxic relationships that need to end. You got some toxic relationships that need to end. If you're around somebody that's always talking about other people, you know, always negative about this person, this brother, this sister, you know, they're always putting people down. That's a toxic relationship. And, uh, you know, the Bible says in the book of James, how can we praise the Lord with our mouth and with the same tongue condemn men that are made in the image of God? Everybody that we slander and talk about in a negative way, they're made in the image of God. Even people that don't know the Lord, people that live in this world without any value system, you know, without, with the scripture. Everybody in this world believes you should treat people with dignity. Where does that come from? That comes from the Judeo-Christian um, world's view that every man is made in the image of God. So if I'm around somebody this year, here's my goal. This is a radical goal. If I'm around somebody this year and they start slandering a brother, start slandering a sister, start slandering somebody that's not perfect. And let me just ask you to raise your hand if you're not perfect this morning. Just raise your hand real high and wave it. Say, I'm not perfect. Just say it right now. I'm not perfect. Point to the person next to you. They're not perfect. <laughs> it's your wife. Don't go overboard. They are not perfect. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. 
So we get around, we have a barbecue, we barbecue people. That's not godly. You know, we're, we're supposed to, our, our tongues are supposed to speak blessing over people. So here's the deal this year. It's going to be tough. Somebody starts, a toxic person starts, starts talking to me about negative stuff about somebody. They start saying, boy, I can't believe this person's that and that person's this. And you know what I'm going to do this year? This is my goal. I'm going to say, wait, wait. I want us to stop right now and pray for that brother. Would you pray with me for this brother that the Lord would bless him? How many know that's going to be awkward? How many know that's going to be weird? How many know it's better to pray for somebody than it is to tear them down with your tongue? Can you say a big amen? So we'll see how this goes in November, okay? You know what I mean? Oh. People I don't agree with politically, does not give me a license to curse them, does not give me a license to abuse them verbally because they're made in the image of God. They're mixed up and I don't agree with their views, but they are made in the image of God and I'm going to pray for them and love them. That's what would change our culture. It ain't going to be changed by, I'm way in the mud right now and I'm going to get out as soon as I can. That's not going to change our culture anyhow. Politics is not going to change our culture. What's going to change our culture is a grassroots revival in the church where people start loving each other and acting like Jesus and serving each other, and we begin to exemplify what the kingdom of God is really like. Can you say a big amen? This is the last thing I'm going to say before I get out of this. I'm already in trouble. I'm going to tell you, if you believe... Politics is going to save this country. That is a pipe dream. That is a pipe dream. The openness of the church becoming the church is what's going to change this culture. And look at you, hundreds of you here this morning, people watching online. What will happen this year if we get to be more like Jesus? Somebody starts talking about you, comes up to me and says, I don't know about that bill. I tell you, I don't know about that bill. I'm going to say, hey, Bill's a fine man. He loves Jesus. Loves his wife, Sue, sitting right there. I tell you what, let's all pray for Bill right now. Bill's not done anything wrong. I just pulled him out of this, this, this illustration here. <laughs> How many will join me this year and get those toxic relationships out of your life and get around people? I used to be around somebody... That he just, he was a godly person. And when any, we'd be in a circle talking to people, we'd be having coffee. Somebody would start downing somebody. Somebody would start downing somebody. And he would, I'll tell you what, he, he would like completely change it, like the, the direction of the Titanic. He'd change that conversation toward Jesus every time. So look, look at who is influencing you this year. Look at who's influencing you this year. Justin Bieber, some of you know who Justin Bieber is. Justin Bieber, uh, interesting person, became very famous as a young man. And uh, we know his ups and downs in culture. We know he's, uh, you know, drug issues, profanity in his music. And Justin Bieber went through the epide uh, epidemic and COVID like all of us, went through a dark, dark time. And Justin Bieber 
found the Lord in that time. And he's a work in progress. So if you see anything on the news, he does. I'm telling you, he's a work in progress. But GQ magazine in 2021 did an interview on Justin Bieber. And the interview was called The Redemption of Justin Bieber. And Justin Bieber talked about how he found Jesus and how he, I, I don't know if you know Chance the Rapper. Anybody know Chance the Rapper? Chance the Rapper says Justin Bieber calls him all the time and talks to him about how he's surrendering his stress to the Lord now. He's asking the Lord to help him. And Chance the Rapper says all Justin Bieber wants to do when he calls me is talk about Jesus. And what happened to Justin Bieber? What's the story behind the story? Well, there's a guy named uh, Judah Smith that pastors a church home in Seattle, Washington. And when Justin Bieber was 15 years old, Judah Smith met him. And Judah Smith just prayed for him and connected with him. And Justin Bieber said, he's the only person that never wanted anything from me. And so when Justin Bieber went through his terrible, dark times, Judah Smith had him over to the house with, you know, uh, Judah's wife and his family. And Justin Bieber said for the first time, I saw a healthy family. I came from a broken family. I came from an awful family. I came from a dysfunctional family. And I saw a man that really loved his wife and complimented his wife and helped his wife in the kitchen. And I saw a man that loved his children. And I saw a wife that loved her husband. And she, he said, I've never seen anything like that before. And I wanted that. And that positive moment, seeing something, a positive person of influence in Justin Bieber's life, he decided, man, he was going to come to Jesus, and he came back to Jesus. And he got married because he, he wanted a marriage, and he wanted a family like, like uh, Judah Smith's family. And Judah Smith did the wedding of Justin Bieber and Haley Bieber, and they're both very famous in their own right. Positive influence. Positive influence. Here's what... Uh, Here's what Justin Bieber said. Justin Bieber said, it is just rewarding to be all that you were designed to be. And I believe at this point in my life, I'm right where I'm supposed to be doing what I believe God wants me to do. And there's nothing more fulfilling. He said he was empty in the midst of his fame and his wealth and the attention. He was empty he didn't have a family, didn't have connection, but he saw a positive influence, a person and a wife and children that exemplified the kingdom of God, and he hungered for that. See, the question is, there's two questions as we close this morning. Question number one is, who are the Judah Smiths in your life? Who do you have in your life? And you want to be intentional about that. When Elijah walked by Elisha, Elisha saw Elijah, and Elisha ran after Elijah, and he followed Elijah because he pursued Elijah because he wanted the influence of Elijah on his life. You have to be proactive in that. You have to find a couple that has a good marriage and say, hey, let, we want to hang out with you a little bit. 
You have to find somebody that you know in the small group that's really, you know, knows more about the Bible than you do, or, and somebody that has a better prayer life. You want to find people that, that have it together, can handle stress. Whenever I am uh, around successful people, people that have a lot of success, I always ask them, how do you process and handle the stress? So I want to learn. I want to learn from people. How do you handle certain things? So question number one, who is in my circle? And question number two, this year, what kind of influencer will I be? This year, when my grandkids look at Papa and they see me day after day in the real world, will they inspire me to want Will, they, will I inspire them to want to follow Jesus? I want you to say this with me before I have our closing prayer this morning. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. I want you to say this. I want you to say this. Lord, enlarge my circle with good influencers this year and make me a godly influence on people around me. John Maxwell has what he calls the law of the lid, the law of the lid in his 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. The law of the lid says if you are a number three, people under you can only become a number two. If you become a number eight, people around you and under you can become a seven. If you become a 10, people around you and under you can become a nine. If I am always a two spiritually, people under me will only be a one. If we have a church of just number two level believers, we'll have a very shallow church. But if we have a church where there are some godly people, that this year they know how to pray and they know how to read their Bible and they know how to seek God and they're consistent in small group and they're consistent in coming to church, then they're going to grow and everybody around them will grow. And I want to thank you for coming to church like you do. I love it. I love that you're, look at our church is growing every Sunday. More people coming. Someone said missing church is a misdemeanor. The more you miss, the meaner you'll get. So <laughs> it'll help you, you know. Lift your hands to Jesus. Lord, as we end today, great time of worship in the presence of God. You're calling us to a higher calling this morning. There's growth happening. This is a year where the tide is rising tide is rising in families. Spiritual tide is rising. People are going deeper and stronger this year in the faith. People around them are going to be affected. And Father God, we thank you for the circle of influencers you're putting in our life. Some of you just need to know it's under construction. God's bringing some people into your life that are going to play a role to raise up your level and help us to grow in the faith this year so that we can become not just a nice church, but we can be a great church full of 
redwood trees, full of giants spiritually, full of people that are full of faith and full of power and full of the Lord. So people come in and their level is raised. We thank you for your mercy and your grace in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Amen. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.